Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host every single week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. Okay, I have had, how do I put it? It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy like six months, right? Seven months, whatever it is, six months with this COVID thing, but it's been a crazy week uh, for a lot of reasons. And one of the things that's been crazy is, as I always do prepping for Vitality Radio, I'm constantly on the lookout for uh, information that I feel you need to hear about, whether it's something that's in the press that I believe needs to be exposed for what it is. Uh, Maybe it's a propaganda piece or something that's just not accurate Uh, Maybe there's some censorship going on, tons of that right now. Whatever it is, I'm always looking out for those things. And maybe sometimes it's uh, something new and cutting edge in the field of natural medicine that I think you need to know about. Regardless, always have my eyes peeled, always looking for new topics to bring to you on Vitality Radio. And after having done this for 12 years, some weeks it's a little harder to come up with something than others. But this week, Holy cow, a flood, a flood of rant topics came through. And that's kind of been how it's been during COVID. But the last little while, uh, maybe a little slower than this week. This week has been boom, lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. So what I've got here is I've got three different rant topics, and that was narrowed down from five or six that I originally had. I don't know if I'm going to have time to bring them all to you. And I do want to mention our another sponsor for this show, uh, Natural Factors. They have come out about, oh, maybe, maybe it's been nine months or a year or something ago. They came out with this amazing product. It's a greens product. Now, if you're not familiar with a greens product, well, it's kind of what you might think it sounds like. It's green foods uh, that are made into a supplement. In this case, it's a powder. Now, if you've never tried a greens food powder or green foods powder, I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. If you've never tried it, you A, don't know what you're missing because it's awesome. B, might not know what you're missing because they're kind of gross, some of them. I mean, basically what you got is you got things like wheatgrass and barley grass and spirulina and chlorella and blue-green algae and kale and spinach and you name the green food, it might be in there. There's bunches of them out there. And as you can imagine, you dry all that stuff up and put it into a powder and mix it into a drink, eh, you know, your results may vary. But I'll tell you what, I love the whole earth and sea fermented greens from Natural Factors. It is my favorite. I've been using greens for years, probably decades now, and this one is the best I've ever used. I absolutely love it. It comes in a chocolate flavor, which might sound weird, but give it a chance. It comes in a tropical flavor, and it comes unflavored, so you can mix it into the base of just uh, your favorite smoothie. But if you're looking for a great opportunity to 
to fill the nutritional voids in your life or your family's life or your children's lives. This is a must-have ingredient in your family smoothie. You can mix it into a smoothie. You can mix it individually into just juice or water, or if you want to go with like a rice milk or a raw milk or something like that. The chocolate one is actually really good like that. I like to put it in with some protein powder, but it is awesome. It gives you a ton of nutrition. It's got all the medicinal mushrooms in there. It's got all the greens that I mentioned. They're all fermented, which means that you can digest them much, much more easily because they're essentially pre-digested for you. And believe it or not, it tastes pretty good. You can come into Vitality and ask for a free sample if you're around. If you can't make it into Vitality, uh, we're happy to talk to you over the phone and get a bottle to you through the mail. We right now for Vitality Radio and podcast listeners, we do have it for 25% off because it is the product that is helping to bring this show to you this week. So I hope you give it a shot, give it a try. It is really good stuff. And like everything else we do at Vitality Nutrition, it's 100% guaranteed. If you don't like it, you don't have to keep it. We'll take it right back from you. Okay, so there's the sponsor. And that might be all the product I talk about today. We're just going to have to see. But it is time for the vital rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Okay, here's the headline. From USA Today, an opinion piece says, defeat COVID-19 by requiring vaccination for all. It's not just, oh, sorry, it's not un-American, it's patriotic. And then the subheading, make vaccines free, don't allow religious or personal objections, and punish those who won't be vaccinated. They are threatening the lives of others. The opinion contributors are these fine gentlemen, Dr. Michael Lederman, Maxwell J. Melman, and Dr. Stuart Younger. They're all from the same school, a school I'd never heard of before, but it ranked 100th on the Forbes Best Schools list. I don't know if that's good or bad, but anyway, it's called uh, Western, no, Case Western Reserve University. Uh, If you haven't heard of it, it's okay. I hadn't either, but regardless, they've got this opinion post in the USA Today And this is what it says. Now, I'm going to read about half of the article, and I'll interject my thoughts as we go. It says, to win the war against the novel coronavirus that has now killed over 158,000 people in this country, the only answer is compulsory vaccination for all of us. And while the measures that will be necessary to defeat the coronavirus will seem draconian, even anti-American to some, we believe that there is no alternative Simply put, getting vaccinated is going to be our patriotic duty. Boy, it's amazing how well propaganda is written nowadays. Uh, That's okay. The reason when an effective vaccine is available for COVID-19, it will only defeat the pandemic if it is widely used, creating herd immunity. 
I don't want to go into detail on this, but herd immunity doesn't exist. With vaccines, it just simply doesn't, and that's been disproven time and time again. It is important to note that during an epidemic, there is no threshold above which the protection conferred by herd immunity cannot be improved. Thus, the more people who are immunized, the lower the risk for all of us, including those who are not vaccinated. Nor is there an alternative to vaccine-induced herd immunity in a pandemic. Relying on enough people becoming infected and then immune is dangerous as exemplified by the Swedish experience, where the COVID-19 mortality rate exceeds that of its more cautious neighbors. Broad induction of immunity in the population by immunization will be necessary to end this pandemic. In simple terms, a refusal to be vaccinated threatens the lives of others. Okay, there's a lot wrong with that, but I'm going to take each individual point of this article and slice it and dice it. So they say, here is what Americans must do when a vaccine is ready. Make vaccinations free and easily accessible. What in the hell does this even mean? Nothing is free. Nothing. Unless the pharmaceutical companies are going to donate these shots, then they aren't free. You and I will be paying for them in advance. In fact, we're paying for them now. We're paying for the production of them, or sorry, for the study, the research on them. Uh, We are then going to pay for the production of them, and then we will pay the pharmaceutical companies to sell them to us through our tax dollars so that they can then be free. So the article's off to a great start by uh, lying right out of the gates about them being free. And yes, I did say gates, as in Bill Gates. We'll get to that in a minute. The government has already ordered 600 million of these vaccines, and it's not even a little surprising that the federal government would order 600 million of something that is not only not made yet, not proven to work, but also not proven to be safe. Why? Because to the fearful, it looks like a great thing that our president and Congress has done for us, like the kind, uninfluenced by votes or money people that they are. The next point of the article, exempt only those with medical contraindications to immunization. It is likely that more than one vaccine platform will prove effective, as was the case for the polio vaccines. And as a result, medical conditions that prohibit all COVID-19 vaccines will be rare. Now, that is a horrifying statement. First, it's a lie. Dr. Paul Offit, one of the most renowned and influential pro-vaccine doctors in this country, has already stated publicly that at this point he wouldn't take the vaccine and was shocked that two-thirds of Americans said that they might take it or would take it, actually. And we'll get to those numbers in a minute, too, actually, at the end of this. But that's the first part. The second part of that, where it says it's uh, that medical contraindications will be very rare and that because there will be more than one type of vaccine, probably they'll be even more rare. Well, why do I say it's horrifying? Well, first off, we know, we 100% know based on the VAERS, the VAERS system, which is a vaccine court that's been set up to pay out for all of the injuries due to vaccines, $4.1 billion paid out so far uh, to people who've been injured by vaccines. We know, A, that most vaccine injuries are never reported because 
the vaccines are never suspected to give serious adverse events. And most of the serious adverse events happen over time, not uh, right away after a vaccine is used. And so we the, the medical exemption, if you have had a uh, medical exemption to a specific type of vaccine and vaccines, and then you've decided, well, I'm not going to get any vaccine because I got really sick or this vaccine, this specific vaccine gave me significant damage under a compulsory mandatory vaccine system, you would have to take any other type of vaccine until you proved that your body couldn't handle that vaccine. Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me. Here's the next one. And I really, really like this. I love it when these guys get into religion. Do not honor religious objections the major religions do not officially oppose vaccinations anyway. And then the next one, do not allow objections for personal preference, which would violate the social contract. Okay, we'll take major religions first. First and foremost, who cares if it is a major or a minor religion? That comes from the same place as essential versus non-essential businesses. Do you remember before COVID, there was no such thing as a non-essential business? And now there is. Well, apparently, minor religions don't count the ones that are opposed to vaccination. Second, though, most people of faith believe on at least some level that their body is sacred. And if they believe that a medicine or vaccine could harm it, then that in and of itself is a religious conviction, regardless of religious affiliation. And how about the social contract? What is a social contract? I keep hearing this battered around like maybe at one point we all signed some document somewhere. Well, to me, a social contract is an evolving agreement that is 100% editable by government and opinion and has zero validity in my life. The social contract I could subscribe to and would actually consider signing is simple. You don't force things on me and I won't force things on you. You are free to take care of your health and so am I. Simple. Pushing this as patriotic is asinine and the work of manipulative people without a strong actual argument. Now, next, they want to tell us how, how we can make sure we have compliance with this vaccine. How can the government and society assure compliance with protective vaccines, they ask? Vaccine refusers could lose tax credits or be denied non-essential government benefits. Health insurers could levy higher premiums for those who, by refusing immunization, place themselves and others at risk, as is the case for smokers. Private businesses could refuse to employ or serve unvaccinated individuals. Schools could refuse to allow unimmunized children to attend classes. Public and commercial transit companies, airlines, trains, and buses could exclude refusers. Public and private auditoriums could require evidence of immunization for entry. The only legal limitation on government or private action is that it is not to be discriminatory. And it's hard to see how discrimination would occur if vaccinations were free and accessible to all. There's that free word again. And then they go further and talk about this. How then should immunizations be documented? A registry of immunization will be needed with names entered after immunization is completed. 
adequate immunization may require more than a single vaccination, and the durability of protection by different vaccines may vary and may not be lifelong. As I discussed in episode 47, it looks like these vaccines, even with a booster, might only be good for six months. How many vaccinations do you want to sign up for for this COVID-19? It's a good question, I think. Thus, immunized persons will need to receive expiration date stamped certification cards, which should be issued to all who are immunized in the country, whether here legally or not. (laughs) So does that sound at all familiar? I feel like something happened with um, one group of people in Germany a while back where they all had to be documented, but I digress. These measures may seem draconian and would be costly, but ensuring universal vaccination is a negligible sacrifice compared with the costs, deaths, and social upheaval that a sustained pandemic is having on our country. Now, this is where the pandemic thing and the lockdown and all the other stuff, the masks and the social distancing and the school Uh, requirements and the business requirements to reopen and all the other stuff comes in. Because yes, there's not a soul in America that I've talked to or read about or heard from on any level that is happy about what's happened with COVID-19. Now, they might agree with the draconian measures that have taken place, but they're not happy about it. People would like life to be like it was. More freedom, less fear, not having to wear a mask, not having their favorite businesses closed or their own businesses closed, not having to have their kids home from school, and so on and so on and so on. Nobody likes this. So, of course, they use that saying the social upheaval of sustained pandemic is too high a price to pay compared to just forcing this vaccine on everybody that lives in America. So they say that does seem draconian, but it's not draconian. And I say, you know what? It does seem draconian. It's because it is draconian. They are disturbing and they are wrong, as was the lockdown, as is the censorship regarding anything other than the company line. It's all wrong. It's all evil. But that's what these people get paid the big bucks to do to lie, mislead, and promote the agenda of the pharmaceutical companies and their bed buddies in the federal government. So to say it's not draconian, even though it seems like it's draconian, I think that's kind of hilarious, don't you? I mean, something either is or it isn't, right? In most cases, I think that's the case. So to tell me something isn't something, even though it seems like it's something, Like if it quacks like a duck, it's not really a duck. I know it's quacking like a duck. I get that. It's just a really good imitation of a duck. So what they're saying is that these draconian measures, they sure seem like it. Oh, but they're not. They're not. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm a little worried about it. They go on. We acknowledge that the refusal to obey rules one considers unjust is an American tradition. But another cornerstone of the American tradition is that we come together when it's necessary. The best example of this was during the two world wars. Everyone contributed. No one was allowed to opt out merely because it conflicted with their sense of autonomy. And draft dodgers who refused to serve were subject to penalties. Now, I take objection to that. Because if they're going to compare this to World War II, which I was not alive during World War II, But if they're compared to World War II, I'm going to say that I already have been contributing. I've been contributing to the war against COVID-19, that they want to call it a war. 
I have fought for truth. I have maintained my health and have done things to boost my immune system. I have spoken truth in a world full of censorship. I am contributing by putting my health first by not wearing a mask everywhere I go so that I can get full oxygen and not breathe in my own CO2. I have decided that I will take care of myself by getting plenty of sunshine so that I have that powerful vitamin D that boosts my immune system. I've taken extra vitamin C since this whole thing started out just to make sure that I've got enough of the key elements that I need to keep my immune system up. I've done all those things. Contributing by just putting a vaccine in my arm is the lowest level of contribution. It's funny because we have been made to think that we just need to follow this social contract because it's the right thing to do. You know, like what would Jesus do? Have you seen the signs? There's actually signs with a picture of Jesus saying that if you don't wear a mask, you're not Christian. Yeah, that's a thing in Utah. It's absurd. It's disturbing, but it's a thing. They're out there. These people are virtue signaling like crazy through this article. And then they say this, and I really, really like this. True, conscientious objectors during the wars could refuse to use weapons for religious reasons, but they were obligated to help out in other ways, serving in non-combatant roles. There are no such alternatives for vaccination. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read it a couple of times. There are no such alternatives for vaccination. There are no such alternatives for vaccination. That is a lie. That is 100% a lie. I've been talking about it and documenting it for months through this COVID-19. There are plenty of alternatives for vaccination for COVID-19. But let's take a page from my all-time favorite conscientious objector, Dr. John Christopher, the man who developed Dr. Christopher's herbs, who instead of shooting a gun helped cure soldiers of everything from trench foot to parasites during World War II. He was a conscientious observer, and he used natural medicine to help hundreds, hundreds, after being laughed almost out of the army, to help hundreds of people with herbal medicine during the war. That is called contribution. And that is powerful. And that is not different than right now because we can do the same thing. We can use natural things to boost our own immune systems. The last statement that I mentioned and read three times, there are no such alternatives for vaccination, is a blatant lie. And one that I have pointed out dozens of times since this COVID catastrophe began. For these nitwits to say that there are no such alternatives for vaccination is disturbing. Remember, one of them is an actual doctor, an MD. He should know, and likely does know, at least on some level, that vitamin D, vitamin C, exercise, proper diet, use of probiotics, and about 100 other things are alternatives to vaccination. He should know that polio was once being cured by megadoses of vitamin C right here in America. He should know that vitamin D is critical to viral defense in the human body. He should know that if an effective vaccine is actually effective, then it doesn't matter if someone chooses not to get vaccinated because the vaccinated are safe anyway. He should know that the trash coming out of his major financial contributor, Dr. Tony Fallacy, ah, sorry, 
Anthony Fauci about social distancing, wearing masks and goggles, and sheltering in place are actually all bad for your health and your immune system. It doesn't matter what is true when you have an agenda. It only matters that you have an agenda and a vested interest in that agenda. Liberty and truth take a distant back seat. This entire article is directly from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation playbook. All of these concepts, especially the mandated vaccine and the vaccine cards, have been talked about by him and his associates. So who are these guys that wrote this load of propaganda and outright lies? Do they really believe all of this? Or are they being paid to say this stuff? It took only about 30 minutes of investigating to find out exactly who these guys are. Now, I'm going to read you their names and their positions. Dr. Michael Lederman is professor of medicine at the Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. Maxwell J. Melman is professor of law at the Case Western Reserve University School of Law. And Dr. Stuart Younger, Youngner, I guess it is, is professor of bioethics. That's my favorite, bioethics, because everything in this Everything in this article is so incredibly ethical. Also at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. Any chance they're being unduly influenced by the almighty dollar? Well, guess what? The Gates Foundation donated approximately $10 million to that school, to the School of Medicine specifically there, over the last 10 years, including over $4 million just in 2019 alone. We don't know how much has been donated in 2020 yet. That's interesting. And the National Institutes of Health, where Tony Fauci uh, is in charge, has donated or they donated $64 million to the School of Medicine just in 2015 alone. There are many other very sketchy donation partners here, too. I just didn't have time to research all of those. But when you're talking about millions and millions in donations from the two people most pushing for a fast-tracked vaccine for COVID-19, and then their little bought-and-paid-for cronies at that school that they've given millions and millions of dollars to, then pushing for a mandatory vaccine, there is a strong conflict of interest. And so then when I did a little more research, I found it almost laughable that in 2018, the dean of the School of Medicine at Case Western Reserve University wrote an article called Conflict of Interest, directed to all of her colleagues at the school. Now, here we are not two years later, and we have the most glaring example of conflict of interest that one can imagine. I quote from her letter. Referring to a New York Times article about conflicts of interest in medicine, she stated, Why should we care? For many reasons. We deal with the lives and health of human beings. Therefore, it is crucial that the science is accurate and the interpretations impeccable. Anything less than absolute integrity puts patients at risk. Beyond accurate data and reporting, we owe our patients and the scientific community full disclosure about information that may affect how we interpret our findings. Journal readers must be able to consider any possible biases that could influence our data analysis and interpretation. Meticulous attention to these precepts creates public confidence in our findings and our recommendations. Public confidence in our findings and recommendations. Well, the recommendation from these guys is that we have a mandatory vaccine with no exemptions. 
or virtually no exemptions, that everybody here legally or otherwise should get it and that it should be bought and paid for by the government, otherwise known as the American people, and then written off as free. <laughs> yeah, they, they think we're that stupid, okay? They are talking to you like you are a six-year-old. Just know that, that that's what they think of your intellectual capacity. That you're six years old and you don't understand that a free vaccine given to you by the government who you are taxed to fund is somehow free. She goes on to say, studies on conflict of interest indicate that even even seemingly trivial amounts of money or small gifts can have substantial influence on a person's behavior. So the concerns expressed by the Times are relevant even in cases with minimal cash at stake, which may be the reality for most researchers. It's not the cash, it's the integrity. And then she says, in fact, the whole system rests on integrity. The article in the Times reminds us that the details are important and cannot be forgotten. The bedrock principles of patient protection, honest disclosure, and integrity must prevail. And yet, at the end of the USA Today opinion piece, there was no mention of the millions of dollars received by these charlatans from the Gates Foundation or the National Institutes of Health or several other shady organizations. Why am I so adamant about this topic, you might ask? Well, I outlined my concerns with the vaccine itself two weeks ago on podcast episode 47. But guess what? I'm not alone. Almost 40% of Americans polled have said that they wouldn't take the vaccine. Another poll said that only 43% of Americans would. Now, there isn't much that 40% of Americans actually agree on right now. There are a lot of people with many serious concerns, and there should be. If you believe like this, you aren't alone here. COVID-19, according to actual CDC numbers, is only taking about a 0.2% death rate in America. That's 10 times less than what they originally told us, what Dr. Fauci and Deborah Burks told us was going to happen. We're at 0.2%, not 2%. Considering that we know that the vast majority of these people who have died also had comorbidities, other reasons why they were dying, and that alternative drugs such as hydroxychloroquine have been censored and stopped, considering that the New York in New York, Governor Cuomo sealed the fate of over 3,000 Americans in nursing homes by forcing the homes to take COVID patients, considering that almost any related death with or without testing is marked as a COVID death, we have no reason to need a vaccine, period. And we certainly have no reason to mandate one. If you feel like I do, don't stay silent. Speak out. Talk to your neighbors. Post on social media. The silent minority, or is it perhaps a majority, need to speak up, and we need to speak up now. Okay, that's rant number one. That took up half of the show. I had a feeling it might. I've got a little bit more for you. A couple more rants. Coming up on the other side, we're going to go ahead and cut to a break. If you have questions about what you've heard on Vitality Radio, please give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. If you want to write an email, it's not a great email address. I'm going to get a shorter one, I promise. But right now, it's info, I-N-F-O, at 
vitalitynutrition.net. That's .net, not .com. Info at vitalitynutrition.net. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. Publish this podcast on your social media platforms. Uh, Listen to it. Subscribe to it. Give me a review. I would love all of that support. It means the world to me. And if you don't like what you hear, if you think I'm full of wind and I'm the one misleading, I'd like to hear from you too. Because I think we need, I know we need an open and honest discourse. The propaganda is staggering. The censorship is unbelievable. In fact, I'm going to talk about the censorship on the next rant when I come back. Insurgent Sports Nutrition is a brand new sports supplement company with a unique philosophy, refuse to conform. In the sports nutrition industry, one company starts something and has some success and everyone else tends to follow their lead. What you end up with is a bunch of Me Too products that don't add up to anything special. What you typically see on the market are formulas with all kinds of ingredients that look good on the label, but do very little to advance your training and performance. At Insurgents, our motto is, everything you need, nothing you don't. While many brands put the right ingredients in a product, most don't put the right dose. There are clinical trials for a reason, to prove not only if an ingredient works, but also how much of that ingredient it takes to provide the desired effect. At Insurgents, we won't add an ingredient to a formula unless we can add the clinically effective dose. Our first formula is our Insurgents pre-workout. Pre-workouts nowadays are a dime a dozen. They even sell them at the big box stores. The vast majority of pre-workouts on the market are overdosed on caffeine and other stimulants and underdosed on the stuff that actually increases your performance. Insurgents pre-workout has all of the most critical ingredients to improve endurance, strength, energy, and without the crash that comes with a megadose of stimulants. Insurgents pre-workout comes with or without caffeine and has no additional stimulants. If you want a truly effective, hype-free pre-workout that tastes great, is free of artificial colors, and absolutely does the job, refuse to conform and join the Insurgents. For more information about Insurgents pre-workout, call Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Hello and welcome back to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. Vitality Radio, of course, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. You can give us a call if you have any questions, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. If you are within the sound of my voice, no matter where you're listening to this podcast, you can give me a call and we will take care of you over the phone the old-fashioned way. We'll talk to you, we'll consult with you, we'll help you with your needs, and we will take care of you through the mail if we need to. Of course, we'd love to have you come visit us in person as well. I can't tell you how fun it is to meet people who listen to and appreciate the content of this show. It really means a lot to me, and I appreciate knowing that uh, I'm not alone in this fight for freedom and truth when it comes to our health and nutrition. And as I stated before the break, 
I got three rants for you today, so I better get to the second vital rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, so there's this new band out. You know, sometimes a new band comes out and, uh, you get all pumped up. You're like, man, I love that song. I got to listen to more of that song and more of that band and see if their other songs are as good as this song. And sometimes a band comes out and you're just like, man, what do people see in this band? Why do people like listening to this? Well, this new band is kind of like the latter description that I just gave. Every time I hear something new from them, I cringe and I'm like, oh, that's gross. And I feel like there's just nothing good coming out of this band. The band is called Fauci and the Fact Checkers. And uh, they only play really confusing music. Now, of course, I'm talking about Anthony Fallacy, Fauci, Anthony Fauci, and the Fact Checkers would be uh, his... Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, partners in crime, let's see, at Facebook and YouTube and places like that. In this instance, we're talking about Facebook specifically where I, I, Jared St. Clair of Little Old Vitality Radio was censored yet again for something I posted, and I'm going to tell you what it was. So there's this article, or a meme, sorry, that came out. And, you know, memes sometimes are kind of a load, but this meme had a lot of truth in it. What it says is the Virology Journal, the official publication of Dr. Fauci's National Institutes of Health, published what is now a blockbuster article on August 22nd back in 2005 under the heading, Get Ready for This, Chloroquine is a Potent Inhibitor of SARS Coronavirus Infection and Spread. The researchers reported that chloroquine, which is a uh, stronger version of hydroxychloroquine, has strong antiviral effects on SARS-CoV. Now, that's SARS-CoV-1, the uh, first uh, infection, the SARS that was uh, found in, in Asia back in 2005, and that these inhibitory effects are observed when the cells are treated with the drug either before or after exposure to the virus, suggesting both prophylactic and therapeutic advantage. Now, that's what the uh, that's a summary basically of what the uh, Journal of Virology stated back in 2005. Now, when I posted that, it wasn't long at all before I was fact-checked uh, by what turns out to be most of the fact-checkers I found out at Facebook are just former employees of CNN. And we all know that CNN is totally on the up and up with uh, the truth that they're spewing uh, every night on the news. But what they say in the fact check is this. Did Dr. Fauci say that hydroxychloroquine was both a cure and a vaccine for coronavirus in 2005? No, that's not true. Now, I need to state that what the article said also didn't say it was a cure 
<laughs> and a vaccine for coronavirus. It did say that it had potential as such, okay? Uh, the National Institutes of Health did publish a study in 2005 that reported hopeful signs from in vitro tests that chloroquine, not hydroxychloroquine, had potential against SARS-CoV-1, not SARS-CoV-2, which is the novel coronavirus that is responsible for the current COVID-19 pandemic. Fauci did write or did not write the report and the study did not conclude it was a cure or a vaccine for coronavirus. Now, first off, the meme never said Fauci wrote the report, but Fauci is in charge at the National Institutes of Health. He is the big guy. Been uh, over there for 25 plus years. And now, of course, is his day in the sun. Uh, the claim appeared, they say, in a meme shared on Facebook on August 2nd. The introductory message said, so where has this been hiding for the past six months and how did he manage to forget about it? Uh, so that's what the fact checkers are saying. And I think that's kind of interesting because they have fact checked and they have themselves given half truths and misleading evidence as to why the facts are not true and why the meme should be censored. So this is what I say. The fact checkers are at it again, censoring anything that doesn't suggest that Fauci is being completely honest and reliable as a source of information during this outbreak. But is it really not true, as they said? Well, I'm going to fact check the fact checkers now. SARS-CoV-1 and today's SARS-CoV-2, while not identical, are very closely related as their names suggest. So if a cheap and available drug exists that shows substantial promise for one of them, then it is at the very least worth a try for the other. But here is where I have to call out the fact checkers and Dr. Fauci. Facebook and every other social media platform you can imagine censored the frontline doctors who are currently having a phenomenal success rate in real world America fighting real COVID-19 with real hydroxychloroquine. Why? Why are they censoring them? Why after 17 million views did they get censored and their videos get banned? You tell me. On top of that, Fauci has routinely stated that he, we can't rely on drugs like hydroxychloroquine that have no double-blind placebo-controlled studies done on them. What he has left out is that there is no double-blind placebo controls done on them with COVID-19. There are plenty of double-blind placebo-controlled studies that have been done on hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine over the years. It's a 50-plus-year-old drug. So we know that it's very safe. It's used a lot. It's used as a prophylactic in areas where malaria is a real problem, and it's also used as a curative substance. But why has he not stated the safety of it? In fact, he's called the safety into question when the truth of the matter is, as drugs go, it seems to be one of the safer drugs out there. Why is that, do you think? Well, it's interesting that out of one side of his mouth, he demands a double-blind study with placebo control on hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19, while thousands of people are dying of this thing. We need to stop and do a study before we use the drug, which has shown significant promise on the closest thing we've ever had to COVID-19 
15 years ago, reported in his own journal. But then out of the other side of his mouth, he knows there will be no double-blind placebo-controlled studies done on the vaccines that your tax dollars have already paid for and that they then want to mandate. In addition to this, Fauci has called into question not just the safety of hydroxychloroquine, which is hilarious and disgusting for multiple reasons, because currently, if you get COVID and you go to the hospital and you aren't extremely sick, then they just send you home with no options to treat it other than isolation. Second, if you do eventually become very sick, then they will put you on a ventilator. It's a shame that we know now that ventilators, which were never tested on COVID-19, have led to the death of 80% of the people who go on them versus only 40% of the people on them with other respiratory illnesses. We now know through real-world testing that ventilators may actually be killing a high percentage of the people that go on them for COVID-19. But of course, in this case, Fauci would say that ventilators have a long history of use in respiratory illness. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, hydroxychloroquine has a long history of use as well, with a much better safety record than ventilators. So put yourself in the shoes of someone who's actively dying of COVID-19. Would you want access to something that has been proven to have strong potential for coronaviruses as both a preventative and a cure, particularly if used in the early onset of symptoms? Or would you prefer to take your chances with no treatment and see what happens and then eventually get put on a ventilator, which we know gives you an 80% chance of death? Which would you prefer? Do you want to wait while 158,000 people have supposedly died of COVID-19? And I don't believe that number is close to accurate. But even if it is, do you want to wait around and just take your chances? Or would you rather try a drug that has been proven to be pretty safe for 50 plus years, along with some zinc, which we know is very safe, and erythromycin, azithromycin, I think I said that right, that hundreds of doctors are using with success right now in America and being censored for it. What would you rather have? Now, me, I'm not going to take hydroxychloroquine if I get COVID. I'm certainly not using it preventatively because I know how to prevent viruses. I know how to prevent viruses. It's not that hard. You just have to do some research into alternatives. There are many, 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 many things that you can do. Olive leaf extract, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, lots of sunshine and fresh air, not sheltering in place. Remember, the most recent cases in New York, there's a study showing that 70% of them are people who were sheltering in place. 70%. So perhaps hiding in your basement away from the sun, watching Netflix and eating pizza is not the best way to prevent coronavirus. It almost sounds logical, doesn't it? In China, we know that vitamin C IV therapy was extremely successful. Same thing in Korea. In fact, there's three studies being performed right now on vitamin C IV for coronavirus in China. We have evidence that colloidal silver can kill SARS-CoV-1, the original SARS, on surfaces, and both vitamin C and colloidal silver are extremely safe. We also now have even a drug that shows significant promise, but... This drug isn't patented, and it is cheap, and it cannot be mandated. So the next best thing is to squash it under the elephant foot of censorship. 
That's not freedom, folks. That's tyranny. If you cannot suggest that there is another alternative, even if it isn't proven yet, and yet you have people like these morons from Case, Reserve, Bank and Trust, University, I can't even remember the name of it. It's a stupid name. This college back in Cleveland. You got all these people writing these opinion pieces saying there are no alternatives for vaccines for COVID-19. There just aren't. Well, that's not true. We know of one that we've known about for at least 15 years. That's a pretty legitimate possible alternative in the drug world. But we also know of lots of natural things that are excellent alternatives in the natural world. And we know, we absolutely know that getting more sunshine, having more human connection because of multiple reasons, breathing more oxygen, exercising more, those are all things that will boost the immune system and fight off coronavirus. We know that. And yet we're being told to hide behind a mask, behind our locked doors in our homes. Because the truth of the matter is, if there are alternatives that get proven, that can effectively fight COVID-19, then there cannot be a mandate for a vaccine the way that the laws are currently written. And that's a problem because that would cost pharmaceutical companies and their government bed buddies billions and billions and billions of dollars just this year, not to mention year after year after year after year. Okay, I've got about, what, six minutes left, and I have another rant. I'm not going to play the rant sound this time, but what I'm going to talk about is this, and I think it's important. A new article published in The Lancet, one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world, says this, that the restrictions and lockdowns due to coronavirus are leading to the deaths of 10,000 children per month and stunting the growth of millions more. It's been seven months since the first COVID-19 cases were reported, and it is increasingly clear that the repercussions of the pandemic are causing more harm to children than, than the disease itself, says UNICEF Executive Director Henrietta Four. Household poverty and food insecurity rates have increased. The study conducted by researchers at Johns Hopkins University said that hunger stemming from coronavirus restrictions is causing the deaths of 10,000 children per month and stunting the growth of about 550,000 more per month across the world. By having schools closed, by having primary health care services disrupted, by having nutritional programs dysfunctional, we are also creating harm, said Victor Aguayo, the head of UNICEF's nutrition program. The disruption of food chains has caused prices to rise, making it difficult for many regions that already had difficulty acquiring food before the pandemic, even more difficult, said Dr. Francesca Branca of the World Health Organization. The food security effects of the COVID crisis are going to reflect many years from now, Branca said. There are going to be, there is going to be a societal effect. An increase in childhood malnutrition 
is causing steep declines in household incomes, changes in the availability and affordability of nutritious foods, and interruptions to health, nutrition, and social protection services, according to the study. Estimates from the International Food Policy Research Institute suggest that because of the pandemic, an additional 140 million people will be thrown into living in extreme poverty on less than $1.90 per day in just 2020 alone. According to the World Food Program, the number of people in low- and middle-income countries facing acute food insecurity will nearly double to 265 million by the end of 2020. Now, there's a lot more to the article, and you may want to look it up. 10,000 children dying per month because of the coronavirus lockdown but I don't have time to go into the rest of it. So what I want to say is this. We have been told since day one that there were specific ways that we needed to behave to prevent coronavirus from spreading and causing all this mayhem. And by and large, we have done what we've been told as a, as a group. Most people have obeyed the lockdowns, have sheltered in place to a large degree, have worn their masks, have done all the things that we've been told, even though everything that we've been told has been suspect at the very least. Remember months ago, I brought you the article about deaths of despair. Well, guess what? Deaths of despair because of loss of income, uh, loss of employment are minimal by comparison to what I just read to you, which is coming from UNICEF and the World Health Organization, the same types of organizations who've encouraged the lockdown are now saying, oh, well, so we told you to do this and uh, yeah, it kind of sucks, but uh, now we have 10,000 kids a month dying and that's going to happen for years to come because of the lockdowns. So 158,000 people so far in about six, seven months, eight months maybe in America. And most of those are suspect in terms of the actual numbers that have been reported. But let's just say it's a true number, 158,000. Now we're going to have 10,000 people dead or children dead every month and 550,000 with stunted growth and 140 million thrown into massive poverty. Does that seem okay to you? This is the problem. When I started the program talking about the mandatory vaccine and the draconian measures that really weren't draconian, it just sounded draconian. Well, we had draconian measures that locked down our country and locked down most of the world. Very, very few have fought against it. Here in Utah, where I live, Governor Herbert and Spencer Cox have been pushing these mandates like crazy. Uh, They're technically suggestions, but they're very strong suggestions, aren't they, you dear politicians? And yet what we know now is that it's been a disaster. It's been an absolute disaster. And yet millions of people are still okay with it because we have to stop this dreaded disease, this dreaded disease that according to the CDC is taking 0.2% people that contract the disease. Really? We're going to kill 10,000 kids a month for the next several years because of this? 
We're going to stunt 550,000 of kids' growth. We're going to have deaths of despair by the thousands, by the tens of thousands because of loss of income. Yeah, that's what we're going to have. So when Fauci or anybody else in the government, elected or otherwise, comes at you and says, hey, this is what you need to do for the greater good. This is part of the social contract. Don't just think that they know what they're talking about. I don't know how much of this is nefarious. I don't know how much of it's accidental. I don't know what to believe anymore. But what I do believe is I don't believe them. And every single word that comes out of Fauci's mouth needs to be fact-checked by you. Not by Facebook, not by YouTube, by you. Every single thing that comes out of Bill Gates' mouth needs to be fact-checked by you. I'll keep fact-checking them and I'll keep bringing it to you on Vitality Radio. I hope you enjoy the information I'm bringing to you. I hope that it's helpful. If you feel like there are people that you care about that need to hear more about this, turn them on to Vitality Radio. Share the program. Let's get as much of this information out there as we possibly can. Give us a call if you have any questions. 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Vitality Radio, always brought to you by my family store, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah, 801-292-6662. No matter where you are, call us there. We'll help you out. And in the last minute that I have, I just want to say this. The show is brought to you today by Whole Earth and Sea Fermented Greens. That doesn't sound good, but it is good. It's amazing stuff. And if you want one thing that you can do that will load you up on nutrition in a dramatic way, in an easy way, and in a cost-effective way, A scoop of this greens powder is exactly that, loaded with immune-enhancing antioxidants, immune-enhancing minerals, immune-enhancing mushrooms, immune-enhancing vitamins, and it actually tastes pretty good. You can come in and ask for a free sample. It's 25% off for Vitality Radio listeners right now. Thank you so much for listening to me. I am Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.